Sufi mystic master Hazrat Inayat Khan has written, Divine sound is the cause of all manifestation. The knower of the mystery of sound knows the mystery of this whole universe. In the early part of the 20th century, there's a movement which I've called modern esotericism. It includes such people as H.P. Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, Rudolf Steiner, Helena and Nicholas Rorick, and others. Here is a quote from The Secret Doctrine written by H.P. Blavatsky, who also founded the Theosophical Society. Sound is such a tremendous occult power. It is such a stupendous force that the electricity generated by a million Niagaras could never counteract even the smallest potentiality when directed by proper knowledge. In the East, they describe the process of creation in these steps. First, we have God, whatever that is, as being. And then from being comes mind. And then from mind springs desire. And to bring desire to manifestation comes the will. And from the will comes the word, the ineffable word. And from the word comes everything else. So here we are with the creative power of sound. And we can see how it has created the universe and how it is all pervading. But what is that to you and me? How can we use sound to affect the issues in our life? What is the power of this sound and how does it work? Well, the one I'm familiar with, among several ways, is Sanskrit mantra. Now, Sanskrit is an ancient tongue. We can trace it back seven to 8,000 years, and then we lose track of it in the mists of time. It was widely used before the advent of writing, so it is part of an oral tradition, and it is the language of the chakras. And as we'll get into a little bit later in this course, it is an energy-based language. Its very essence is to work with the building blocks of creation through sound that are reproduced in you and me. The way we work with this Sanskrit language, this language of the chakras, is through Sanskrit mantras. Now, mantras are spiritual formulas. They are sounds put together in a particular way one might say even a scientific way, to produce specific kinds of results. And so powerful are these sound formulas called mantras that they were hidden for many thousands of years. They were hidden and taught only within the Brahmin priesthood. And then later they started to leak out from the priesthood into the outside secular world. And this was, spiritually speaking, not a good thing. And as we'll talk about later, one of the tasks of the Buddha was to stop this movement, which he did brilliantly. But even with this interesting background, understanding that Sanskrit mantras are tools for power and tools of power, tools of the spoken word, language of the chakras that you and I can use, how can we use them? What will they do for us? Well, all of us have had job issues from time to time. Sanskrit mantras can help you with whatever problems you may have in your job or its cousin, income. We all from time to time have had little bumps in our relationship. We'd like to be able to make it better, to optimize our relationship, 
Maybe it's something in the other person. Maybe it's something in us. Maybe we don't know. There are Sanskrit mantras that will help you with this. Health issues are something we all have. There are formulas that you can use that will help you promote health in ways that are frankly astonishing. And later in this course, I'll tell you some stories of people who used mantras for specific problems and the results they had, sometimes dramatic results. And other things that I call karmic speed bumps uh, as we go through the parking lot of life, the things that come out of nowhere that present themselves and you go, what am I going to do about this? There are mantras for those kinds of situations as well. Ultimately, the purpose of Sanskrit mantra is spiritual. We can use it to solve worldly problems. We can use it for health issues. But what they are really about are spiritual evolution. We hear about meditation. It's part of the common lexicon these days. And one form of meditation.